Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, and Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Well, good evening and welcome to Breaking the Silence in the most beautiful city in the country, Houston, Texas, and go Astros. They are playing right now in game two of the championship series and baseball right down the street. It's just uh, a few blocks down the road, and I was just checking the score. We don't want to tell you what the score is right now because they're losing, but they won yesterday, so there's hope uh, that they're going to end up coming out of at least uh, leading the series going up to uh, to the Twins area. But welcome to the program. We have a great show tonight, uh, like we I think we always do. But tonight's guests are really going to be talking about something that I know very little about. Uh, you know, now that I think about it, there's not much I do know a lot about. So that's why I have these great guests on. <laughs> but it's going to be a great program. There's a couple ways you can get involved tonight. First of all, you can just sit there, put the earpods in, computer, if you watch it on TV or whatever format you're watching it on. Uh, but you can just uh, listen in, take notes, because I've got a feeling you're going to want to jot down a few things tonight. Uh, or you can actually get involved by calling us at 888-627-6008. And the beautiful people of BBS Radio, uh, TJ's right there waiting to, to answer the phone, and he will use his great radio voice and then pass you right on through to the guest this evening. And you can have a comment or a question, because I have a feeling that we don't know a lot about this topic. So I know I'm going to have a lot of questions and you may have a life changing thought of, Hey, wait, this type of treatment, this type of therapy, this type of uh, approach uh, to mental illness uh, or issues that you may have in your life, this can be life changing for you. So, so listen in. So kind of even lean in if you want to and take notes. Or you can get right on. I'm looking at it, Shattered by the Darkness Facebook page. My son, Curtis, in the United States Army, and I'm so proud of him, is running it. Yeah, it looks like we're live right there. And uh, you can get right on there. Uh, he's already had a comment. Uh, he, he's made one. So uh, breaking, uh, Shattered by the Darkness uh, Facebook page, and you can comment, and we'll be watching that. Or you can just uh, text me at... 832-396-6525. And during the commercial break, I'll check and see if there's any questions that uh, we can ask the guests tonight. You know, it seems like in life, and that's what these guests uh, tonight and the experts that we have tonight, we have experts that probably have enough degrees on their wall that will shame all of us and enough experience underneath their belt that will uh, make us all look like, hey, wait, they're, they're, they've got some great wisdom. 
But it seems like sometimes when life happens to us, it's the approach of what do we find out how to make life different. And I'm not talking about, you know, changing clothes and becoming a different person. But sometimes we just cruise through life and we get to my age, which I'm uh, a wonderful few years old, and uh, <laughs> get to that point of where we wonder what's really important. You know, and I think when people have been diagnosed, I think when people hear bad news that's going on in their life or something happens in their life where they truly find out um, that life doesn't go on forever. How do you make what you have left impactful, important, worth living, and something special? I don't think we were ever designed to live mediocre. I don't want to live the rest of my life, and I hope I have another years left. I don't want to live the rest of my life just being average, just being ordinary. I want to be extraordinary. Don't you? Don't you want to get every bit of life out of that uh, fruit that's hanging from that tree? Just I want every bit of that. And it's just like a wonderful dinner, and you literally lick the bottom of the plate. I want to get all of it. And that's what I want to do with life. And it seems like sometimes a week like I've had will kind of off-center us and get us out of focus a little bit. And I just wrote down a few things that I needed to understand this week, and maybe possibly you could too. So if you want these, uh, feel free to just jot these down, and maybe they'll let you uh, allow you to have a little better week, a little more meaningful week, a little more eye-opening, life-changing week for you. Um, the first thing I, I learned this week, that I need to understand the power of the real me. And the only way I can discover that is being authentic, being genuine. I have to stop pretending to be somebody that I'm not anymore. I'm not a 30-year-old man. I'm not a young teenager that can uh, do a 50-yard dash and try to beat all the other people. I, I can't do that kind of stuff anymore. Uh, I need to be, I know, in my own life for the years and the days and the months that I have left, I need to be authentic, and I need to understand what is important in my life. So who is the real you? If you want to, let's put the show on pause, and let's all go to the bathroom and look in the mirror. How often have we manipulated who we are and try to change who we are and then walk out into the world and pretend everything's great when it's not? And what the world is needing right now more than ever, I really truly believe this, is genuine authenticity. And don't be afraid to be the masterpiece that you are, because you are special. There's only one of you. And when we realize that, it'll make the significance of your life maybe impact more impactful than it's ever have been. You get another thing, try to... Get rid of all those supposed tos. What was I supposed to be? What was I supposed to, to fit in? What was I supposed to want? Instead, be who you want to be. 
Nobody else can live your life for you. You need to be who you want to be. You need to also recognize the people that's in your life, that's in your inner circle, the ones that really, truly, honestly, and I, I, all those leads, loves you. Not using you, but actually loves you. And every now and then, it's okay to prune people from your life so I have the ability and you have the ability to be able to grow even more of who you honestly and genuine really are. And I think that's important. We need to realize. And every now and then, just set back and go, okay, the only reason they like me is I'm doing what they want me to do for them. But who honestly in your life really loves you? And in that same thought, you need to take time to love yourself. Take care of yourself. And that's what it's all about. If we don't take care of this vehicle, you know, my, my vehicle has a lot of miles on it. I'm not talking about my car. I'm talking about this vehicle. I mean, it's starting to wear down and the paint's getting pretty thin on it. Uh, a lot of miles. But I need to love and take care of who I am and what I have left to give to the world. Do things. And I'll, I'll end with this because I really want to talk to you guests tonight. They don't, you, didn't, you didn't tune in here to listen to me tonight. Do things that your future self will one day say thank you for. And let's be real. Does getting on this thing and checking how many likes you have on Facebook, how many followers you have on LinkedIn, is that really what's going to matter? Five years from now? I don't think so. I honestly believe on my deathbed, my final words are not going to be, I wish I spent more time at the office, or I wish I put more effort in my Facebook page and I had 100 more followers or likes. It's not going to be that. I hope in my world is I hope the people that are around me know that I love them, and I hope I made one difference in one person's life each day of my life. And that's all I want to do. So whatever it is, do things that your future self will thank you for, not something that's just going to be simple, instant gratification, because let me tell you, that's going to fade away, I promise you. Okay, that's all I have uh, with that. I'll kick that soapbox out of the way and get to our wonderful guest tonight. Uh, we're going to find out some new friends of mine. Uh, we've talked uh, on uh, via internet a uh, time and uh, had a great conversation. Matter of fact, I told them I wish we were taping this because that's exactly what I wanted the program to be like. But I want to welcome to the program tonight, uh, Dr. Marsha, Marisha Chilcott. Uh, she is a board-certified family physician. That means, folks, she had a student loan that was out of this world, and she went to school longer than I've been alive to have the expertise uh, that she has developed. And somehow in her life, something happened. I'm going to have her tell, her, tell you all about her uh, accolades and her CV and all those things. You know, us people like me, I have a resume. Physicians have CVs, you know, uh, because they have really important experiences and things in their life. And she has things that's going to be that long. 
along with her tonight, we have Gianna Chilcott, too, and uh, she is with us, and she is an absolute world-class athlete. And I am thrilled to have both of them on the program, and they're going to be talking about this organization, this nonprofit that they started called Be the Change in Mental Health, and you will not forget them this evening. Welcome, uh, Marisha and Gianna. Come on in. How are you? Thank, Thank you. Hey, you guys look great. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for having us. It's an honor to be here tonight. Really well, true. I think Gianna, it's great to have a new. I believe you. If most of the time I reach out and try to find people, I believe you reached out uh, mm-hmm. and asked, "Hey, I think we would be great for your program." And you are. You're exactly the type of people that I, I like having on. Number one, the intelligence and the education, the background and the life experience, but then the difference that you're making in people's lives. How in the world did you come about hearing about us uh, here? Uh, at BBS Radio and uh, what we're doing to even reach out to me? Uh, Well, I was actually looking on the great mosaic of the internet and looking at, um, we offer modalities that treat PTSD and depression. And so I was searching those and um, um, victims of sexual um, and domestic violence um, and, um, your name came up and your story when I went, um, and read about you and went to your website, uh, really resonated with me. Um, I had a story somewhat similar, an abuse background, um, and worked for years with different modalities and different therapies and never really got anywhere until I tried one of the modalities that we carry, which, and provide, which is ketamine assisted psychotherapy. And it was a breakthrough for me, life changing. Um, And I thought, well, I bet Dr. Williams would like to hear about a treatment that maybe he doesn't know about that really, I mean, it, it it made such a difference in my life. Um, And so I wanted to share that with you. That's how I found like the CEO of the men's hair club. I don't only uh, run the company. I use the product. Right. So so you are a uh, experienced life testimony of what uh, this therapy has done for you personally. Correct. Well, you use the word authentic. And I feel that I can really speak to this uh, therapy because it made such a difference. And it is authentic very much to the person I am now in terms of the healing process that I went through. Dr. Hal, why, let me go back. Why did this become something that you wanted to get into? What had you seen in your life experience of saying, hey, wait, I I want to fill a need that doesn't seem to be being filled anywhere else. The importance of this Tell me how you even got involved in this and a little bit of the background of uh, Be the Change in Mental Health. Sure, thank you. Um, So as you mentioned, I'm a family physician by training. So family physicians specialize in everyone. We start with babies, starting with actually prenatal care, through delivery, through care of pediatric adult geriatric medicine till we do hospice care. So we talk about people from cradle to grave, we say. 
As a family physician, I've actually also had the privilege of working in the emergency department, which means I've also had the privilege of working with patients who have emergency psychiatric illnesses or crises. And so I had an opportunity working in an emergency department to be exposed to the challenges of feeling severely depressed or severely out of sorts to the extent that someone might be in danger of taking their own life or really hurting themselves. So that's kind of one aspect of the background that I carry with respect to my medical training. But really, the source of this clinic, the the inspiration for this clinic, was the idea that there are new modalities that are transformative for helping people really achieve mental wellness. So there's mental illness, mental health, and mental wellness. And one of our taglines here at Be the Change in Mental Health is that you don't have to be sick to want to be more well. Now that said, there are elements of mental illness that certainly need to be healed. And that's what we try to do here. In terms of why I was inspired to start a nonprofit organization, it's because these new modalities, which you hear about and read about in the lay press, the New York Times has written about it, even the Wall Street Journal has written about it, and there's lots of excitement around drugs that can help people. So the ones that are most titillating are those that are currently illegal. The drug psilocybin, magic mushrooms, that's the same drug. And then MDMA, which is known as a street drug ecstasy, have both received a lot of attention because A, they're currently illegal, and B, they have demonstrated incredible ability to, when associated with proper psychological care, to really heal people with post-traumatic stress disorder and other types of anxiety and depression illnesses. What is also actually well understood is that there's a medication called ketamine, which is also known on the street as Special K because it is a drug of abuse, but has been used since the 1970s, specifically FDA approved in 1970 as an anesthetic agent that has as a side effect an incredible antidepressant quality. And when used with psychotherapy, as Gianna mentioned, is a very effective means of helping one feel better, but then more importantly, see one's life in another light such that you can really carve a new path, can you say, Um, and uh, make a, a difference in one's own life. But Really, I'm just going to come back to like why I'm inspired to do this is because mental illness is at the root of almost everything, in my opinion, that is problematic in our world. Mental illness leads to homelessness. Mental illness leads to crime. Mental illness leads to being an abuser like you both have been victims of. That's an illness that happened to someone that then was imposed on you and millions of other humans across the globe. And if we allow great new modalities like psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy or ketamine-assisted psychotherapy to just run the natural course as is likely to happen in the marketplace, it will become something only haves have the opportunity to access. It's expensive. And so you have an increasing disparity of health 
and therefore an increasing disparity of wealth and an increasing disparity of life opportunity. So my objective in starting a nonprofit was to provide an opportunity for us to be a model of how to deliver services at a reasonable price point and also make them available to people broadly so that we don't have worsening disparity in society in general. That's my why. <laughs> and, and, and this is done in a very uh, controlled, professional, medical environment, correct? They just yeah. can't call you and say, hey, can you mail me some? No. no. Right. Okay. I just want to Yeah. I mean, so this is you actually taking care of watching, uh, treating, understanding what they need, the dosage that they need. And yeah, it's, it's not about the medication. It's not about the drug. We are so focused on a medicine fixing us. That's not how it works. Okay. The medication assists, but it is the individual who, through assistance with a psychotherapist, be it a marriage family therapist, an MFT, or a licensed social worker, or a psychologist, works through the things. Majana, why don't you tell me like, how how does it work? So it's um. First of all, it's really important to understand that ketamine is completely legal and um, it's a disassociative uh, that, that's so it it's a it's a medication, psycholytic, yep. psycholytic medication. And so it's an interesting when you experience when you receive the medication, you're still aware you can talk to somebody in the room, you hear things, um, you're still quite cognizant of your body and what you're what where you are. But you have this um, sometimes uh, experience that's a little bit like, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I have never done other any other drugs but, um, or any other medicine. But you have these experiences that are sort of geometric patterns or you might be floating or um, it doesn't take you back to any trauma. So um, in my experience, I had done a lot of talk ther therapy and EMDR and um, psych um hypnotherapy, and I always had to go back to the trauma. That was sort of you where the- You did do M EMDR. Yeah. And you and didn't have any type of uh, success that even compared to this therapy uh, that you're talking no, about? not compared wow. to- That's, that's not, powerful. Yeah, really. And what's great is when you, when you leave the office that day, you feel better. Ketamine is wow. almost instantaneous. It's- the durability comes from working with a therapist, but the medicine makes you feel better immediately. Um, and even with EMDR, I got to the point where I was sort of in the same rut. You know, I just never felt like I was able to manage the anxiety or the depression without SSRIs or some kind of other additional assistance. Um, and I would find myself back in the same place again. And eventually, Right before I um, tried ketamine assisted therapy, I I had just basically given up. I was like, I'm so tired of the same patterns. You know, I had this spot that I drove by every day to work, and I was like, someday I'm just going to drive my car into that. I'm just done. Like I I don't. My life right. is not joyful or vibrant. It, it's really you know it's just struggling over and over with the same things, and. Um, I had read about ketamine assisted psychotherapy and that it was sort of a breakthrough when you had tried everything else. And sure enough, after the, the very first session, I was 
got home and I was, I felt so much better. I felt hope and I hadn't felt hope in years and years and years. The true testament. So I did six sessions. The true testament to it was my son, who's just about to turn 15, said to me when I was just finishing my last session, maybe I'd been a week after he said, mom, you smile. My whole life, I've never seen you smile. He's like, you are so joyful now. And I realized like I was passing along my anxiety, my pain, carrying that, trying to protect him and and in doing so was, and I was so harbored in this place of pain and fear and self deprecation and all the things that as victims we go through. And I was tired of feeling like a victim, really, honestly. And, and so many of the different therapies that I'd done, that's the point that I kept going back to was, how did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? Why, you know, and it's that those endless questions. And I have to tell you, with this therapy, those questions, not only are they answered, but I have this, I carry this feeling now inside of me, this joy that I can tap into. So it's not that I'm not, I don't get sad. And it's not that I don't have some anxiety anymore. But now I have tools in place that are there that I can instantaneously call upon. So it, it's been, it really has changed my life. Dr. Williams, your audience might be curious why our last yes. name is the same. <laughs> and I, I just want to make a clarification. John, did you know me when you started this therapy? No. no. And, and how are we related? <laughs> really? Yeah, just, just We're sisters and sister-in-laws. We're sisters in love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Gianna is my is is my ex-husband's second wife. We okay, didn't there's, know- a, there's a book there. There's a, <laughs> but, but I was really careful because, because I had heard from Gavin that he had met the woman who, as he, as he and I'm, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Gianna, I got a call from him saying, I got to tell you, I think I've met the one. I mean, the other one, because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't actually the one. You're the one. <laughs> but he was trying to backpedal. <laughs> but- you're, and and he had fallen in love with you and was doing me the generous act as his ex-wife of saying, I've met someone who I am really in love with and I want you to know about her. And then uh, several months months later, I heard that that you might come to the clinic and I hadn't met Gianna yet. Maybe maybe we've shaken hands, but but we didn't know each other. And so I was very careful to stay out of her business. So this is my clinic, but I was not her clinician. I didn't, I didn't, I never, I, I still to this day, I've never seen your chart. That is not my business <laughs> because we have psychologists and other medical people who take care of our right. patients also. But I, I just, in case there was any sort of curiosity or concern about these two people with the same last name, who, if they're actually watching the show, don't really look that much yeah, alike. Right. <laughs> well, well I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. Um, when when this takes place, uh, doctor, how many sessions, like Gianna had six, was that a predetermined uh, amount? Uh, is that the, the average amount of sessions? And how many sessions of like therapy uh, are done and performed prior to 
the six sessions of this medication? So the six, and number six is, whoa, weird microphone action. The number six is only special in that almost all of the clinical data are based on six. Okay. So if you do a search of the, of the literature, of all of the scientific studies that have been done, for reasons that are unknown to me, people have picked six sessions. So if you look and say, what has been demonstrated to work? Six is the number. Now, that doesn't mean that four doesn't work, and it doesn't mean that eight's not better. But we use six because six is what's clinically proven. Um, and before someone starts the process, they must come in and be evaluated, both by someone of the physical med medical pursuit, someone who's going to examine blood pressure and heart rate and listen to someone's heart and lungs and belly, and first make sure that we're not going to injure someone with ketamine. So ketamine is a very, very safe medication, and it is known that it elevates blood pressure. That's a known fact. So the only thing we really need to do is make sure that by raising one's blood pressure, maybe 20 millimeters of mercury or so, we're not going to cause injury. And then actually what we also do is pre-medicate and make sure that that's not going to happen or be problematic. They also need to be seen by one of our psych clinical psychologists who does an evaluation to, again, make sure that the medication is not going to cause psychological harm to someone. The primary psychological disqualifier, if you will, would be psychosis. If someone has a history of schizophrenia, or a history of psychotic qualities to their mental illness, if they have mental illness, then those are indications that we should not treat with ketamine. So we have to be wary of those. So those are the two evaluations ahead of time. During the psychological evaluation, the psychologist will also then ascertain whether or not someone needs to do perhaps more levels of preparation in order to establish safety and clinical rapport with a psychologist prior to having medication and integration. But once someone is doing what's called ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, the general process is to have a psychological preparation session where, you, where the patient sets their intention, kind of indicates how they're feeling, where they are today, where they want to go, and that's a whole therapeutic session. And then they receive medication. So it's in our clinic, an, an injection, an intramuscular injection. In some other clinics, that might be an intravenous um, medication administration. Some clinics in the United States also use sublingual or oral or intranasal uh, administration. So there are a lot of different ways to receive ketamine. In our clinic, that then involves um, lying back on a couch with headphones and an eye shade and kind of being in one's own personal space to see those geometric things. And they're, they can be somewhat hallucinatory. They can be there. And everyone experiences different, different things. But the psychologist or the therapist sits and holds space, we call it, sits and sit, keeps the setting safe. So that in that vulnerable state of being dissociated, the patient feels safe and is, in fact, physically safe. And then that whole process takes about an hour. They're in our clinic for probably about two hours. 
They can't drive home. Someone has to take them home because they're still under the influence of the medication. And then the next day or within the next two to three days, they have what's called an integration session. And they meet with the therapist again and talk. Now, I've never done integration with our therapist because I can't be a patient in my own clinic. I will be candid and say I have gone through this treatment myself at another clinic in Los Angeles several, not sorry, two, three years ago now. And so from my experience, I would then sit with the psychologist and talk to her both about how I felt during the session, but then more importantly, just how I felt about my life in general. Because the integration is not so much about dissecting what the experience was in the medication setting as much as it is thinking about what you're going to do with your life now. Yeah. So I have this whole analogy that ketamine is kind of like a blizzard, snow blizzard in your brain. It's like you take your brain and it's a snow globe and you go, and then the snow settles down. And then when you come out of it, it's beautiful. That's that immediate sense of improved mood. It's a beautiful bluebird sky, clean snow, gorgeous scene. Then the integration is the work. Have you ever had to cut trail in fresh fallen snow when it's deep? It's work. So you've got this beautiful scape of nice new snow, and then you have to decide what tracks am I going to lie down? What am I going to do with my life? How am I going to live? How? What's my outlook going to be? And those are new traps in the snow. Now, if you don't do that integration, it still looks beautiful. But after a while, the snow melts and all your old grooves, your old patterns are still down there. And there's a high probability, if not a certainty, that you're going to kind of slide back into those old grooves and be back where you were. So it's really incumbent on the individual to do the hard work that therapy requires. And as John says, you don't have to necessarily revisit old trauma, but you do have to decide how you're going to live life now. This is fascinating. I tell you what, we're going to take our, our commercial break now. Uh, I, I didn't want to cut you off before uh, now, but let, let's take a little pause on the other side of this. I want to find out uh, what does the world think of this? What's the, the pros and the cons of this? Um, and you mentioned the people that would not be really eligible for or the one that have psychosis or psychotic uh, episodes or something of that order. I want to ask a couple of particular uh, questions pointed towards that. 888-627-6008. My phone is absolutely lighting up like a Christmas tree. I can just see it over here to my left. Everybody is commenting. So why we're taking this short commercial break, I'm going to check in on that. Don't leave us, but if you want to call 888-627-6008, and we'll be right back with the last segment of Breaking the Silence. Don't leave us now. It's going to get better even yet. Hang with us. HCI Publishing, that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father, 
for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Welcome back. I, I'm really excited about all this. We have a great guest, Dr. Chilcott, and uh, her sidekick, a partner in crime, Gianna. And uh, it's just great having the, this information to me is absolutely, I've never heard anything about this. So that tells you how limited my wisdom is in this field. Uh, is there a reason uh, ketamine isn't something that's on everybody's lips? Is there a side of this that some of the medical field goes, hey, wait, uh, this isn't the right way to treat this? What would be the downside of this, of other people's negative opinion? Um, so, so first of all, so ketamine, uh, I'll just correct you on the pronunciation, ketamine. Okay. Um, ketamine has been a very uh, commonly used anesthetic medication now for 50 years. As an ER doctor, I regularly administered it to children, literally, typically children under the age of four. Uh, if they, if a child came oh. in with a laceration or a broken arm or something like that, the advantage of ketamine is it's a medication that can be given intramuscularly. So you don't have to start an IV on a little kid. You can just stab them in the thigh because they're little usually. You stab them in the thigh and then they would uh, become anesthetized so that you could then sew up their little face or put their shoulder back in place or do whatever else you needed to do. And it's so safe that it didn't require doing laboratory uh, examinations or anything else ahead of time. Similarly, it's been... Um, something that uh, field medics carried, especially in the field of war, so that you could administer it your buddy, to your buddy right into his arm, through his flak jacket even, and then be able to carry him off the field, for example, in a much greater comfort uh, than before. So it's been used as an anesthetic for decades and decades. And it is through that application that people had reported to their orthopedist or to their anesthetist, where I was like, yeah, docking, my shoulder feels better. But the other really strange thing is my depression is gone or I just have a better attitude. So this has been reported anecdotally for quite some time. In the last about 10 years, there has been more interest in it as a psychological medication or psychiatric medication. And there is a pharmaceutical company Janssen, that has a medication called Spravato, S-P-R-A-V-A-T-O, that is an FDA-approved inhaled S-ketamine, is the generic name, um, that is granted uh, approved use for uh, what's called major depressive disorder or treatment-resistant depression in major depressive disorder. So it is a known medication. The dark side of it is that if you use this medicine 
routinely, you will develop tolerance. Tolerance will lead to increased need of use, and that can result in addiction and abuse. Addiction and abuse can cause other side effects, inclusive of the very severe side effect of uh, interstitial cystitis. And this can be so severe that people may have to have their bladders removed. So ketamine was a significant and very terrible drug of abuse, particularly in the 80s and 90s in Great Britain and in Europe. They called it baby smack. It's terrible. Yeah, they gave it that heroin dealers would give it to kids because it wasn't so bad as heroin and get kids addicted and then it caused problems. So it has a dark side, which is that it can be a drug of abuse and it can be a party drug. People talk about something called the K-hole and that's when someone is using it theoretically recreationally, but they use a little bit too much for their body and then they get that anesthetic effect that can then be a very dangerous situation and lead to conditions where someone is unable to defend themselves and puts them at risk of rape and other types of abuse. It's, it's super dangerous. So this is not something to play with. And I want to come back to ketamine is not the answer. It's the therapy that when used with there with, with ketamine is effective. Yeah. So this and is in not that controlled environment, right? I mean, having the whole package and you sitting there or your clinicians watching them, taking care of them in a safe environment and not letting them walk out with bags of it. I mean, this is right. very right. controlled. Right. We do not write prescriptions for it. That said, there are a number of companies on the internet now that will completely legally, but in my my personal opinion, this is my opinion, 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 not a truth, but my opinion very dangerously will write prescriptions across state lines and mail to you ketamine. Now, I don't know if that was a public wow. service or public disservice that I told people you could do that, but no. that is not the answer. And it is not something, this is not something that you take and take and take. This is something that you take in order to be able to do the hard work of therapy and that it is best done in a clinic, as you said, under Now, would you, would you discover this opened up uh, Be the Change in Mental Health? Did you notice that there was a void that no one was filling with this information that you ran across and said, hey, wait, I feel so uh, passionate about the success of this the potential of this that I want to open up my own place, my own nonprofit, and provide this. Uh, is this something that, if because I, I I did check my phone during the break, I have probably twenty people that says I want this stuff, uh, and uh, you know I've already sent them your information; they can contact you. But is there a lot of places that have the therapy along with the administration of uh, ketamine that? Uh, is it popular? I mean, can you find it in every state? I bet you can find some place where you can get ketamine in every state. That is not the same as some place where you can get ketamine-assisted psychotherapy in every right. state. So ketamine, excuse me, ketamine by itself, uh, strictly as a drug, has become a means for some physicians to make good money 
basically to have a clinic where someone can just get ketamine. And I am not um, disparaging them because that still may be helpful, especially if the patient has gone to the clinic to get the medication and they're still working with a therapist outside of that. That's a very viable and responsible way to do that. To just just get the medication, though, is problematic because, as Gianna says, you feel better right away, and then you think, oh, it's the medicine, that's what's key. But you really need to make the changes in your life to to have it be durable. Otherwise, it's easy to get into a situation where you think, I need the ketamine, I need the ketamine. Oh, I don't feel good, I should have some ketamine. That's... I mean, you can get that way with heroin, too. It makes you feel great. I mean, I don't know personally. but (laughs) Okay, Gianna, just let me go real dig. I'm going to drill deep into your personal experience. Okay, you went through this in six sessions. How many times did you return for more sessions, or have you had the need? This is a one-time fix. Yeah. I um, First of all, I I just want to clarify that – the experience with ketamine in that moment, in that 45 minutes, is not always enjoyable. Okay. The experience afterwards, you do feel better. But I had some dark sessions. I wouldn't use it ever recreationally. I mean, I've been a professional mm-hmm. athlete my whole life. So just to clarify, I wouldn't use drugs prefer- recreationally anyway. But ketamine's not that enjoyable. The experience afterwards how you feel the breakthrough of like oh i just i i feel hope that is that feels good but just to clarify so i i did my six sessions i've been done now i um well over a year and i haven't felt really the need we do um when I talk to other people that have done it, the agreement is that a lot of times after a year, you would like a touch up session, but a lot of times that's more the integration process that you go through. The ketamine assisted therapy is really about looking forward. You don't spend much time looking backward unless you really want to. Um, You're really looking forward about, how you're feeling, what you're going to do with the feeling of hope and the feeling of being blessed and the feeling of gratitude. And instead of feeling like you've been beaten down, the feeling like you're picking yourself up, you go forward from there. It's a springboard is how I would explain it. Let me steal uh, the doctor's uh, way of treating people on a scale of one to 10. When you went in, what did you feel like? Uh, emotionally, after the treatment, scale of was, 1 to 10, what did you feel like afterwards? So I'm pretty prickly. I can be pretty prickly. And I went in and told the therapist, in no uncertain terms, I was not going to talk about any. I said, I have some history. I'm not going there. We're not doing that. If you try, I'm going to leave. I can't do it anymore. And and he was wonderful. He said, I, I totally thank you for being clear. I respect it. And we... Um, I'm, I'm sure people that have been in therapy are familiar with the forms that you fill out, um, the GAD-7 and the PHQ-9. So they are assessments of where you are. And my first ones, I was very depressed and very anxious by those numbers. I mean, that's 
how I could see it. You know, you you fill them out as a patient. You see the number. You look at what that translates to. And at the end, no depression and no anxiety. And I would say now if I filled them out, the same. I feel very good, very centered in life, very stable. Um, I feel like I've got good anchors. And like I said, I have a tool belt now. I, I went through life feeling like I had no tools to deal with my past. Um, and I feel like I have that tool belt now going forward. So, Doctor, that sounds like a, a miracle drug uh, for, for people, a miracle process, miracle yeah. therapy. Awesome. Not a miracle right. drug. It's a miracle process. And and, process, and I, have, right. I was treated myself in 2020. I went to a clinic in Santa Monica, right adjacent to Los Angeles. And I remember coming out of my third session and, and I came back, I was, I was doing a little visit with my mom and seeing my, I came home to my mom's house and my mom and my brother were like, me, 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 me. And my normal behavior would have been to just get right in there and have been a 14 year old in there with my mom and my little brother again mind you I was a 53 year old woman you know like I but I still could see like I normally would just regress into that teenage behavior and that bad old rut and I remember walking in the house seeing them do that and, and thinking huh they're doing that thing they do I should take mom shopping <laughs> just extracting her and then later the next day I was talking to my therapist about it and I said you know Becky I feel like I'm made of Teflon now like I can cook an egg I can be present but your stuff isn't going to stick to me and it was like ever since then my level of codependence my inclination to try to take care of everyone's stuff and be protective and be the mother hen and do all the things which is pathologic I gotta say like that's that's not healthy to think that you should take care of everyone and not let them take care of themselves it's called codependence it's yeah. gone it's gone that's and it's awful. wild that's and that was a completely unexpected outcome. I went, I went in thinking I wanted to take care of anxiety. And I guess to some extent I did because part of my anxiety was trying to take care of my mom. Yeah, fantastic. Now, I, I know we're getting a lot of questions and before they cut us off. If yeah. people want to find out more about you, if people want to see your beautiful team, an unbelievably gorgeous looking team of professionals just on your website. Just they look so pleasant and happy and and professional. It's just a great website. Uh, tell them how to get in touch uh, with your website, how to find out more information, how to get right in contact with with you folks. What's the best way to do that uh, from your perspective? So the best way to do that is to actually just go to the website and it is BTC mentalhealth.org. So BTC stands for be the change that comes from the Gandhi term, be the change you wish to see in the world. So be the change in mental health, BTC mentalhealth.org. We're a nonprofit for a.org. Our telephone number, we're in Sonoma County, Santa Rosa, California. So we're on the Pacific coast. <laughs> it's 707-800-7568. So 
1-800-273-7568. One of the things that's really exciting is that we are focused on three particular audiences that we feel like are overstressed and underserved. We are reaching out to first responders, so firefighters, law enforcement, paramedics, or emergency medical services. And we have a couple of pilot programs looking to help first responders in particular address the trauma of their lives because they're humans and everybody's got stuff but also the trauma associated with what they face on their jobs. Unlike many of us who have trauma, maybe in our childhood, maybe in a specific event in our adulthood, first responders are faced with the fact that every day they go to work, they don't know what kind of trauma they're going to run into. And even after they've healed from a really bad call, from a terrible experience, They're going to put their uniforms on and go back to work and face things again. So unlike many civilians, they're exposed again and again and again. So we're working with first responders and reaching out to them to work on some pilots to demonstrate so that we can propagate this modality throughout the country, actually the continent, Canadians as well as United States, to to make this kind of modality a mechanism for really maintaining resilience. We're also working with veterans. Veterans of foreign wars in this country are, again, those who have served us overstressed and underserved now by the community that's supposed to be helping take care of them. So we have a pilot program to help stop veterans suicide. So we're working on managing for folks that state of hopelessness that people can reach where they think I'm going to run into that telephone pole. Ketamine assisted psychotherapy is one of the only, if not the only mechanisms by which you can treat rapidly, get very immediate results to help turn that corner away from thinking that life isn't worth it. Well, I, I have people I know that I'm going to be in contact with this week to let them know, hey, watch this program, reach out to these folks. And the people that you're dealing with with these pilot uh, programs are the ones that, you know, are our American soldiers and the first responders and police officers. Every day, like you said, they don't know what they're going to be dealing with. And uh, if this helps, by all means, that, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I just want to give one last plug. The other third yeah. audience is, is women victims of uh, uh, survivors of sexual violence and domestic violence. So each one of these groups we're treating with kind of a slightly different specialized container. And for women, we're doing retreats to help them get better faster and treating in a group environment. So we actually this very weekend have a retreat in Tahoe, California. Yeah, that's coming up next week, right? Coming up next yeah. week. We have another one in December that's just, it's for women for wellness. And then we'll have another in January again for survivors of violence. But there's retreats and those are uh, four day retreats that are um, kind of a condensed version. We recognize that women have a harder time, you know, maybe carving out time for themselves every week. And so this is a way to get a condensed version and then have ongoing support through our organization. Uh-oh, we're out of time. No, we're fine. We're, we're fine. No, we're doing okay. good. We're doing good. Okay. I'm just a glitch. 
Okay. Okay. Well, fantastic. Um, any last words? We only have about 30 seconds. Uh, Gianna, uh, doctor, I'll let you, I'll let you. Ah. say whatever you saw in your mind. Oh, thank you so much for your courage. Um, and I, I personally know what it's like to, to face the demons and, and your experience makes other people believe that they can move forward through that. So thanks. Takes a lot. Well, thank you for being on the program, doctor. I I just do want to express my gratitude and the opportunity. You know, this is a modality that's not well known. There's a lot of uh, misunderstanding because of this, because of ketamine in particular being a medication that has been abused on the street, but like many things, it has tremendous usefulness and can really be a lifesaver. And so, um, you know, if, if people can just spread the word, we're not the only ones offering it. And we want to be a model that allows other clinics to do the same thing at a nonprofit level. So that's fantastic. Try. Thank you, ladies, for being with us tonight. And you want to get on right now, btcmentalhealth.org. Find out all about them. It's a great website. You can hit the contact tab right there. Send them a message. Hey, how do I get in touch with you? How can I go through this program with you? And they will, I know, will reach back to you, uh, one of their technicians or their administration people, but they will get back to you as quickly as possible. And uh, thank you so much for giving your time tonight and to share this with our audience. Fantastic. Thank you you so so much. much. Thank you. you. Appreciate you all. Like we like to do each and every week, I always want to end the program with letting people know no matter what's going on, no matter if it's a situation like Gianna was in or the situation that I was in in life, it doesn't even have to be that devastating. It could just be something that's happened this last couple of weeks that you just feel like, hey, wait, I am just going to do that for the steering wheel. And I, I don't know if I have any hope left. I want to let you know you're breathing. There's still hope. There's people out there that care. There's therapy that's available for you. There's people that can be there to help you no matter what you are dealing with. Never give up on yourself and never give up on hope. There's always hope. BTCmentalhealth.org. I highly recommend them to you. God bless you. Join us right here for an awesome program next week, live from Houston, Texas. Have an awesome week, and don't give up on hope. Hang in there. God bless. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at shatteredbythedarkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on BBS Radio Station 1 for the next episode of Breaking the Silence.